So on my drive here this morning, I was talking to my children, and I asked them to pray for me that I wouldn't be nervous. Um, And one of them so sweetly asked, oh, do they have tomatoes to throw at you if you are? Um, So I think as long as no one throws tomatoes at me, (laughs) we're good this morning. Um, But as Sandy said, it was um, a little bit last minute that this... um, you know, our friend Didi is in the hospital, and I get to share with you this morning, so please show me grace. Um, but I'm going to start by asking, have you heard of adult coloring books? And before that gets, like, too racy, um, I mean like this, like flowers and butterflies and, you know, detailed pictures. Um, and so the, the idea, the concept, if you haven't heard of this, is it's taking a children's hobby or pastime and making that more intricate but the same kind of mindless, calming activity for adults. Um, My husband gave me this one, and it's been a great gift. Um, But along the same lines, I came across um, there are adult dot-to-dots, or extreme dot-to-dots. And if you were at the MOPS meeting, I'm going to ask you to don't like give that away yet, but I am going to pass these out to you, or you'll pass them out amongst yourselves. But this one that I came across... Um, when I did that, I had a lot of fun with it, but it also very much made me think of my life and how much it feels like this sometimes, um, that sometimes things are just really clustered together, and then sometimes there's this long space between dots, um, and either way, sometimes I just wonder, God, what are you doing here? Even when it's going like this, good or bad, or sometimes when I'm just called to wait, between 368 and 369, and then all the way up to 370, that my life feels like this often, and I don't see the picture. I can stare at it for a long time, and I see nothing. And I think, maybe I'm wrong, but I think probably a lot of you are like me, and what you'd like is a picture more like this. You know, for God to give you a big dots in one to ten, and you know, it's pretty clear you're going to go from here to here, or um, I loved this one because, you know, and, and I know that these are designed for children, but in case you did not know um, that you were going to go from one to two, the top even has a number line for you, just to remind you, point one to point two, and then you'll go to point three. And I think we do that with God. We say, you know, I'd like a picture like this, where, let's be honest, before I even get from one to two or six to seven, I know it's a fish. I know what the picture is. I know where you're taking me. I know what's going on here. Um, But that's just not the reality. More often, this is what we look like. Um, This is where God has us. And so I want to talk with you this morning about contentment and how do we find contentment in this. Um, And we're going to go through a verse. It's Isaiah 26, 8. And I'm going to go through that kind of slowly and tease it apart, and we're going to spend some time there. But before I do that, I want to give you some background on what was going on during that time, who Isaiah was and the time period he lived in, so that you can put that verse in the context that it was written in. But we've got to back that up even further and start with a man named Jacob, who is considered one of the patriarchs of our faith. And this man, Jacob, literally wrestled with God. An angel wrestled with him, and at the end of that, God named him Israel, which in Hebrew means wrestles with God. And so there's Jacob, this patriarch of our faith, and he has 12 sons, 12 boys. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, And those 12 boys grow up to be 12 men, 
and those 12 men become the 12 tribes of, his, of Israel. So this is your history lesson for the day. So those 12 tribes are the 12 tribes of Israel. Those are the people of Israel, and the people of Israel are then carried into captivity in Egypt, and then Moses comes, and Moses leads them out of captivity in Egypt, and then a man named Joshua comes in and leads the people of Israel physically into the promised land, which becomes the land of Israel. And in the land of Israel, they have a series of judges that rule over them, and then there is King Saul, and then King David, and then King Solomon. And then after King Solomon, the nation of Israel divides. And the ten northern tribes become the northern kingdom, and they retain the name Israel. The two southern tribes down in the south, they are now called Judah, which is the larger of the two tribes down there. And in both of those, there's a series of kings that rule over Israel and a series of kings that rule over Judah. Um, some are good, some are bad. You can read about all of those in First and Second Kings in your Bible. Um, but what's interesting to me is in First and Second Kings, it always tells us whether it was a good king or a bad king. And so there's kind of your know, name, good, bad. Um, Isaiah, I tell you all of that as a history lesson, but also Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1, starts with the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, concerning Judah and Jerusalem. So Isaiah was a prophet in the southern kingdom in Judah, which he saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. So Isaiah was a prophet in the southern kingdom of Judah during the time frame of these four kings that ruled over Judah. And to put that in, into time, those, um, those men were Uzziah, Jothan, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Now, just as a side note, I told you that it always tells you whether they're good or bad. It also always gives their father's name, and that's for the purpose of genealogy. Um, it tells you whether the kingdom went from father to son. It tells you, you know, if there was upheaval and somebody else took over, but the father's name is always given, sometimes the mother, but always the father. And then what I think is very interesting and captures my attention is if they were a good king, the mother's name is always listed. And I think that's important. I think you need to be encouraged by that. Because here's the truth of that. Those men were little boys with their mothers, raised in their home, taught at their mommy's knees. And those little boys became men who became kings, who led nations, who led Israel and Judah, and they were good the Bible says they did what was right in the sight of God. And because of that, right next to their name is their moms. And that's important. You need to be encouraged that what you do matters when they're two, when they're 10, when they're 20, when they're adults leading nations. What you do right now matters. So side note there, get back to Isaiah. Isaiah led during, or was a prophet during the times of King Uzziah, good. Jothan, good. Ahaz, bad. Hezekiah, good. Now, between Ahaz and Hezekiah, actually right at the beginning of Hezekiah's reign, a big thing happened. Um, the, that's in Judah. The northern kingdom, Israel, remember where we're at? Um, the northern kingdom, Israel, was carried into captivity. They had a series of bad, 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 bad kings and disobedience to God and walking away from him, not keeping his commandments. And so what he did was he carried, he allowed the Israel kingdom to be carried into captivity by the Assyrians. And so they were taken away. And this is the time frame that Isaiah is speaking in. This is when he's teaching and prophesying. And he's saying, listen, those are our brothers. 
We were so intimately connected to them. You need to know that and look at what has happened to them. And that is what will happen to us if we continue to walk in disobedience. And uh, as I said, Kings, Second Kings has this very close um, relationship between Isaiah and Hezekiah. It talks about Isaiah would come to Hezekiah when he asked for prayer. Hezekiah would call Isaiah for wisdom and for discernment on what to do and how to act. And Hezekiah was a good king over Judah. Um, um, just to let you know, after Hezekiah and Isaiah, after their time, um, there were six more kings that were over Judah, and they were bad, 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 and bad. And as Isaiah had said, Judah was then later carried into captivity as well. But where we're going to focus today is in Isaiah 26.8. And in that time, Isaiah is speaking to the people of Judah, and he says, Yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your truth, We eagerly wait for you, for your name and your renown are the desires of our soul. So as I said, I'm going to move through that a little bit slowly. We're going to tease that verse apart. Um, It starts with, yes, Lord. Well, Lord, as uh, Miss Vicki shares and in your magazine on the last page under the Acts prayer, there are many names for God. And in our somewhat limited English language, we'd usually just define those as God and Lord in, in English. But in the Hebrew and in the Greek, that is more descriptive. And the different names of God are different attributes of God, and they tell us about his person and who he is. And the word here, yes, Lord, is Yahweh. And that's the covenantal name for God with his people. It's a name of trust. It's a name of faithfulness. It's a name of relationship. And so this verse starts with, yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. Well, like Mary, the story reminds me of, of Mary's story, um, which if you don't know her, it's if you can go to Luke chapter 1, it tells us that she was a young woman, uh, probably more like a young girl, probably in her teens still, and she was engaged to be married, and she was a virgin. She was engaged to a good man, and she was a virgin. And yes, I said that twice because in the same verse it says she was a virgin two times, we're going to come back to that. I think it was important. Um, in Scripture, there's this conservation of language, and so when the same thing's mentioned twice in the same verse, that's important. And an angel comes to her, and tells her that she is going to be pregnant and have the Son of God. And her question in response to that, Luke chapter 1, verse 34, is, how can this be since I'm a virgin? So for the third time, let's be clear, I'm a virgin. And the angel, listen to his answer, and I don't want to zoom through this, but listen. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason, the holy child you're going to carry shall be called the Son of God. I don't think that answered Mary's question. (laughs) I don't think she was like, oh, okay, this has never been done before. There's no context to put this in. This was, (laughs) and so I love Mary's response to Gabriel. She says in verse 38, behold, I am the bond slave, the handmaiden of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. She said, yes, Lord. I don't understand what that means. I'll be honest, I don't see how we're going to get from here to here. This connect the dot does not make sense. Yes, Lord, whatever that means, I will walk in obedience. Before we understand the question, before we understand um, what it's going to require, we say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, walking. I told you we're going to go slow through the verse. Walking is active. It's not sitting. It's not laying down. It's not resting. Walking is active. 
And so in contentment, our topic this month is contentment. At times, you need to walk. At times, you need to wait. But at times, you do need to walk. This reminds me of Exodus 14, 14, which is a wonderful verse. You might know it. it um, it's the kind of verse that can be decorated really pretty on a piece of wood and sold at Hobby Lobby. Or I literally saw it at Lifeway this week, so I know that, that it really is. Um, it's the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Or some translations, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to keep silent. <laughs> there is much truth in that verse. That is a beautiful, write it on a note card, save it, and be reminded of that verse. But to put that in context, that was Moses speaking to the people of Israel just after they had left Egypt and Pharaoh changed his mind and said, no, I think I want you back. And so they're pursuing them. They're standing at the Red Sea, and the people are freaking out. And Moses says, the Lord will fight for you. Shh, 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 shh. Just be quiet. Um, and that's beautiful. That is, we need to be reminded of that. But as with everything in Scripture, you need to read that in the context of the entire chapter. And in the very next verse, Exodus fourteen fifteen, then the Lord says to Moses, tell the sons of Israel go forward. And so there are times that we need to wait, but there are times that we need to walk in contentment. We need to walk and move forward. Yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your truth, your ways, your truth, not ours, not my ways, not my truth, your ways, your truth. John 14, 6 said, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. The way, the truth. Yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your truth, we eagerly wait for you. I love that part of the verse. Contentment, eagerly waiting. It's not running ahead, but it's not passive. It's not just laying down on the sofa with a bag of chips and just checking out. It is eagerly waiting. Psalm 130, verses 5 and 6 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. Indeed, more than watchmen wait for the morning. To put that verse in context at this time, in Bible times, um, cities, a sign of status, but also a sign of protection and security, was to have great walls around the city. So a city like Jerusalem is kind of set up in a triangular fashion, and so there were three main walls around it, and at the top of the walls, there were watchtowers all around the, around the wall. And it was a certain men's job to take shifts of three to six hours, and they would do that through the day and also through the night. But this was not a fall asleep on the job kind of work. This was alert. These men needed to stay awake. They needed to be aware of what was going on, and they needed to watch out, and they were anxiously waiting for the morning. As my soul waits, I am like a watchman waiting for the morning. Psalm twenty-seven, fourteen says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. I think I've shared this book before, it's, or maybe even this quote. Um, the book Sacred Romance by Brent Curtis and John Eldridge is one of my favorites. And in that book, um, this wonderful quote is, it says, Anybody can look holy if she's killed her heart. The real test 
is to have your heart burning within you and have the patience to enjoy what there is now to enjoy while waiting with eager anticipation for the feast to come. Yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your truth, we eagerly wait for you. We haven't killed our heart. It's burning inside of us. But with eager anticipation for the feast to come, we are content. We are waiting. Yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your truth, we eagerly wait for you. For your name and your renown are the desires of our soul. Well, again, your name and your renown, not mine. <laughs> his name, his renown. Psalm 37.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. When we delight ourselves in him, he makes our desires his desires, and he gives us the desires of our heart. He gives us the desires of our soul. Your name and your renown. Well, what name? Well, that goes back to the beginning of the verse. That's where we started. Yes, Lord, this covenant name, Yahweh, this relationship, this place of faithfulness, this place of trust, that's where our contentment lies. It's in that place to his name and his renown that the picture, sorry, let me find my connect the dot again. The picture is completed. And it's not just completed, it is completed well. Because Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what he has done from beginning to end. Now, you should have one by now. Just to give you a little help or tip, this um, Connect the Dot is from 1 to 590. Um, if you need help, number 1 is here. So about right here is number 1. And number 590 is in this area. Um, so you'll go all over. And like I said, just like our lives, there will be times where it's just clustered all together. And there will be times when it is spread out in broad strokes. There's also times when, I'll be honest, I finished this connect the dot with pencil, and I looked at it and I said, hmm, okay, I know that this is a hummingbird. I don't know what's going on up here. This makes no sense. I, I can't see it. There's no picture. Like, it doesn't look like anything. It wasn't until I went back and colored it and added some different shades to different areas that it became a beautiful picture, that it made sense that you could see the whole thing because he has made everything beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity in our hearts, even when we can't understand what he is doing from beginning to end. Thank you.